Hey guys, Toolman Tim here. Welcome back to the workshop where we create community, find freedom, promote preparedness, and share success. Always got to look at my notes to see what the date even is here, but it's February 6, 2022. I got the year right this time. <laughs> and it's episode 67 of the workshop podcast. And tonight we got Amy Dingman from A Farmish Kind of Life coming on. And we just had some incredible uh gremlins or audio issues or something just before ready to go live first time it ever happened so that's great but right before i bring amy on we got a couple of quick announcements um for those of you who uh use rumble or are looking into rumble i just launched a rumble channel and actually so did amy so check that out the link is in the description below and if you're wondering what the hell rumble is well that's okay i was until recently too but it is a a more free speech oriented YouTube similar type platform, uh, a lot closer to say Odyssey, uh, just, you know, free speech and uh, kind of our freedom loving communities over there. So check that out. Uh, number two, if you ever wonder if I happen to have a recommendation for gear, there's probably a good chance that I've either used something or reviewed it at some point. And feel free to message me on Facebook Instagram, wherever it happens to be and ask, or you can run by toolmantim.shop. And I've got right now a hundred with another 150 that I'm supposed to get off my butt and get listed pieces of gear that I have used and abused and have made me money or saved me money in my handyman business. So check it out. And it's the easiest way to support the workshop because you don't even have to buy anything listed there. But if you start your shopping there and work your way back, then it ends up supporting the content I create. So thanks. And finally, do do not forget about the workshop, second annual workshop prep gear giveaway. We've got a American-made can opener. We have a Lansky knife sharpening set. We have a freezer alarm and a whole bunch other stuff. So check that out. Go to toolmantim.co to sign up and make sure you check out Amy's links. Uh, I've got everything in there. I'm sure most of you know who she is anyway. So without further ado, let's bring her on. And you're not muted, are you? I don't think so. Can you no. hear me? Yeah, I can hear you fine. <laughs> oh, you that's panic in my face? Yeah, that was incredible, wasn't it? So that was something. That was. Yeah, I've never had that happen before. Don't know what happened, but hey. First so, time for everything. Who is Amy Dingman? I'm sure most everybody in here knows, but I bet you there's somebody who doesn't, and we need to do it. So who are you? I'm the crazy lady with the bluish purple hair. You never know what what color hair I'm going to come on with, but I'm Amy from A Farmer's Kind of Life. I live in central Minnesota. I have five acres. I'm here with my pigs and my chickens and my ducks and my turkeys and my gardens and all the things. We've been at our farm for about 10 years. I live here with my hubby and my two boys. Uh, my two boys are uh, almost 18 and almost 19. They were homeschooled all their life. Um, and everybody in this house is at least a foot taller than me. So I get to be the, the little baby in the house and ask them to reach things for me. It's great. I don't know if I ever asked you this, but how did you start Farmish? And I'm sure you may have told the story before, but where did that, where did the genesis come from and how'd you kind of get into it? Um, it's funny because A Farmer's Kind of Life, uh, the website actually started as a cooking blog because I just love to make, you know, food from scratch. And so I just basically started cooking and putting everything up on my website. And then we were, we were always planning to move to the farm and it took us forever, but we got there. And so then it just kind of morphed into A Farmer's Kind of Life and talking about the homestead. So. So you started it before you guys were actually even on the farm. Yep. That's cool. See? Yeah. And 
and it started as a food blog and, yep. and we'll get into this because I don't think I actually mentioned it in the intro, but we're going to talk about sucking tonight and how <laughs> it's okay to suck. It is okay to suck. Yeah. yeah it's a thing. That seems to be the key to success. Right. And, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I think it's kind of cool that where you start isn't necessarily where you end up and where you think you're going to end up yeah. isn't exactly where you are. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. It's definitely an odd journey. <laughs> We had to kick out a spammer. There you go. So yeah, it happened. So, so, okay. So I figured we'd start. And for anybody who, um, like sometimes this is, you know, more of an interview where the guest does almost all the talking, but tonight <laughs> I figured we would do more of a, a banter back and forth. Right. So yep. don't think I'm talking over anything. It'll be, it'll be a good conversation, but so we're going to share a story of each, I guess, about how or where we sucked. And But the story, you sent me a bunch of notes and stuff. And the one that I'd like to hear about is the, uh, was it the stove element or the oven element? Oh, yeah. Um, the element in our, the heating element on the bottom went out in our stove, right? And mm -hmm. and my husband, we ordered the part, like we knew what we had to fix. And my husband and my oldest son left to go hunting. And they were going to be gone for a week. And, and I have no oven and I'm like, it's fine. We'll just use the toaster oven. We'll just use the stove, you know, whatever. Well, my youngest son was here. He didn't go hunting because he had too much college work to do. And so he stayed home. And and so we decide <laughs> we are going to tackle putting this new element <laughs> into the into the oven. And I'm like, oh, can we do this? Like, can we handle this? And so I had looked up when you pull the old element out, make sure that the wires don't fall back into the, into the wall of the, the oven. Right. And I'm like, Oh yeah, we got this. And of course I pull that freaking element out and the wires go right back oh. into the back of the oven. And I'm looking at my, my youngest son going, well, what do we do now? You know? So okay, I'm like, oh, we should never have tackled this, you know? And, but, but we, long story short, we got it done. Um, it was, I, I thought, I don't, I don't know what I thought. I thought, you know, we're not going to like burn the house down. Obviously we had everything unplugged. We weren't going to like hurt ourselves or anything, but it was just that, oh man, what if we can't get this fixed? And but we got it done. Hadn't done anything. Well, I'm obviously you're handy, but never changed an oven. I had never done that before. So thank goodness for YouTube. So what did you do to fish it out from the back? When the wires uh, well, it was funny because we're looking on YouTube and it's, it's talking about like maybe in an apartment, you can't, move your oven out from the wall you know mm -hmm. like you wouldn't be able to move it and i'm like oh, what if we can't do it oh my gosh you know but no we just moved it out because you know whatever we had that that option but yeah we we took the back of the oven off i'm like can we do this is this total stressful thing what if we wreck something but but we did it we took the back off we found the wires and pushed them through and teamwork we got it done did you unplug your stove first Yes. Okay, I good. believe you might have actually been the person who said, I make sure that you unplug that before you work on it. So yeah, I don't mean to hurt, but yes, it, <laughs> it is 220, right? So yeah, 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 it would have been a bad deal. I years ago, so I'll tell my story. I don't even know if this is sucking, but it kind of is. And it, it's a good story. And I don't think I've ever told it on here yet. And if I have, well, whatever, you're going to hear it again. So <laughs> that's fine. Yeah, years ago, back Becky and I had only been married a few years, not very long, and um, I got offered or kind of stumbled across a job in Saskatchewan, and we were in Nova Scotia at the time, and so that's a long drive, that's a long everything, and we were broke as a joke, and and this is to kind of tell that again, it doesn't always end up the way you think it's going to end up, right? So I sold building supplies, I worked in a hardware store, I kind of knew my shit, or at least I thought I did, and this guy kind of cold called me and offered me a job 
on the prairie. So we always called it our winter on the prairies because this was back in 2007. We basically sold everything we had and hopped in our grand caravan and drove to Estevan. And when I got there, the job was not what I thought it was going to be. It was awful. It was a hardware store that hadn't been updated since the 1970s. It was a guy who did not want someone to come in and make his business better. He just wanted another one of him. So, you know, I would, I was in there and I hung out with him and he would spend like an hour showing me how to properly sharpen a pencil. Um, it was miserable. One of the worst, I don't, I don't like to say um, mistakes because we learned from it and it was great. But, you know, six months to the day that we moved out there, we tucked tail and went back to Nova Scotia. It was a huge failure. But you know what? It was a great experience. We did it. Uh, you know, we basically started from scratch twice in the run of a year. Had to travel. We got to travel across country, get to see what minus 40 with wind chill was like. Uh, <laughs> you know, I lasted a grand total of four weeks at that job. And I quit, walked out and went and fixed computers for the next five months. It was a great job, made some friends, but I sucked. Like it, it, the whole situation sucked. And it was just, you know, I, I put myself out there. We hopped in the car, we went, you know, we were a little younger and maybe a little, little more optimistic thing, you know, and it could have went both ways. And I mean, that's the same with this journey, you know, a decade later that we made to Alberta and it did work out. Right. So yeah, it was what it was. Right. And yeah. I had to look up, well, I guess um, the definite, the official definition of sucks, right? <laughs> because we all, everybody's like, yeah, I know where that came from. But, you know, apparently it had something to do with um, the animal sucking on the hind teeth. So like oh. you got the short end of the stick, like the, right. worst, you know, you're like you know, oh. the, milk, the last time you get to the milk, right? I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. But the official urban definite or urban dictionary definition said an expression of one's awareness of one's own personal shortcomings. Ah, so it's not necessarily negative. No. It's more of a being honest about where you suck, right? Yeah. <laughs> you need to know that. Yeah. So I don't like everybody, you know, we were talking earlier. And so what does it mean to you to suck? And then why is that important to get better at something, you know, or, or to succeed? I think, I think it's important to realize everybody sucks at something and you're all, you're, I mean, you're going to suck at new stuff because you don't know what you're doing. Right. I mean, nobody knows what they're doing until they do it. Generally speaking, you can fake your way through it, but you know, um, I just like, I think it's part of the process and I think you can't ignore it. And I think, uh, a lot of people don't like to talk about that part of the process. And so we believe that people have gotten to where they are without sucking but all of us suck on the way to getting to where we want to be and improving and moving forward. So I think it's just part of the process. I like that because yeah, you're like, you look at everybody else that seems to have their shit together. Right. And you're like, there's yeah. no way they ever suck. Right. 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 And when we were putting the notes or when we were talking there and I had to think back because um, sucking sucks. Right. And <laughs> I know we're going to, people are going to get tired of hearing that, but <laughs> But it's also like, it's uncomfortable, right? Because, and you're making yourself vulnerable and you're putting yourself out there. And so I had to think back to the last time that I really was new at something and was totally out of my element. Mm -hmm. And I think it was when I first, the very first evening that I live streamed because 
there's no pot. Well, I mean, you can disconnect, but you know, you're not editing it. You're putting yourself out there completely. Right. And it is absolutely uncomfortable and it's scary. And like I said, vulnerable. Right. But I, at the same time, I was, I'm never more excited and never more energized than when I'm doing something new for the first time. Right. Yeah. And that's what it was. And I, and I, it's the same as starting a new job. You're, you're in, I, you go and you start a new job and I always think, well, I've got this free time right now because I don't know anything yet. So I'm going to throw myself into it and I am going to suck at it. And I'm going to get better. Right. And, and that's what the live streaming was like. It was like, oh, I'm just, you know, I know that I, I know I'm going to frig up. Like there was one night my mic just completely died and I had no <laughs> audio. So, you know, and we started out in the garage right and the wi-fi is shit out there with the the roof the old i think the asbestos shingles or something you know and i couldn't get a signal couldn't get a good video so i'm like stuck in my head you know so eventually i come down here into my office and i set up this space and it's perfect but guess what it didn't happen overnight i really sucked for a while right yeah what about uh what about the podcast so you i mean you got your shit together with the podcast you were you were an expert you I mean, you watch her. She is like, you know, polished and professional. And you started like that out of out of the box, right? Out of the box. Absolutely. Because what happened is that I said to my family, you know what? It'd be kind of cool if I started a podcast. And they went and bought me all the stuff to start. They bought me the mic. They bought me the setup. They figured this all out. And then they sat me down in front of the computer and said, now do it. And I was like, well, shit, now I have to figure out how to do it. And I don't know what I'm doing. So I spent a whole bunch of time researching. How do I do this? Who's going to be my host? Like, how do I make this happen? And it's so funny now to go back and listen to my very first episode, like 183 episodes ago. You know, like, it's totally different. It's so like, why did I do it that way? And this sounds horrible, you know, but same thing, like when you go back and read your writing, you know, like I, I look at, you know, the first books that I wrote that you can't even get anymore. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I published that. But it was part of the process. Like if you don't do that first book, you don't do that first episode, you're never going to get better. So part of the process. And you, you were talking about like, OK, so we'll go back to the very the genesis of Farmish and all that. And the, yeah. and the podcast. So and you talked about researching and, and learning. So what about that whole concept of analysis paralysis and where do you, where the hell do you, when, when do you, what do they, what do they say, you know, um, piss or get off the pot, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. So t- talk about that a little bit because I bet that was fun. I, I think it's, I think it's different for everyone, but I think you do have to find that spot where, okay, I have researched this long enough and I can research this to death until there is nothing more to talk, you know, to research, but at at some point you have to go okay press record and do it yep. and and see what happens and you know you may do it and go oh i don't know what i'm doing i got to i did i realized i didn't know how to do this part so i'm going to go back and research that but you don't know until you press record you don't know until you put that first book out you don't know until you make that first youtube video you got to do it absolutely yeah, yeah. and that, i i I talk about this. It was a big project for me last summer when we did the siding. You guys did the same yeah. thing, right? Yeah. But I, so I think too much, uh, too much inform, or you know, too much knowledge before you practice any of it can be kind of deadly mm-hmm. and kind of paralyzing. Like I've discovered that one of my biggest ways to improve on something is to start. And this is yeah. going to sound absolutely mind blowing. I know it's crazy, right? <laughs> so I will do a little bit of research, just enough to get me going. To know that I'm not 
building a foundation that sucks. Sorry. Right. We're going to, yeah. And then I figure out the rest along the way. Right. So I just get enough, you know, so I learn how to say, you know, if we're talking about the house thing, I learned how to put the, the, the starter strip on and the corners. Right. Yep. And that was it. That's all I knew. And I learned the rest as I went and I'm like, okay, what's the next skill I have to know. So for me, I balance learning mentally to practicing practically and it seems to for me that's the motivation to keep me going down the road you know what i mean yeah like, yeah because yeah. it because if i if i i don't know if i fail at something i'm okay with that if i'm learning something new right yeah but if if i'm not i don't know yeah it just it's hard because you got to balance for me learning something new but also working on something new as well right mm -hmm. that, that's that's what gets my brain and we were talking i was putting notes together and stuff that i was thinking that that's what gets me out of bed in the morning is learning something new right yeah but yeah. it's also uncomfortable a little bit right absolutely yeah I, I think that's interesting that you put it that way because like right right now i'm studying for my uh ham radio license and so there is a point where okay i have studied enough <laughs> yeah you can study too much where you can get it where it's so it's just a jumbled up mess in your head and then like you're actually doing more harm than good you know so i i think you know your point of figure out the least amount that you need to know to be successful and then do it you know yeah yeah so nate says his biggest suck of his entire life was changing the oil pump gear on my 87 oles with a 2.5 liter four cycle so i'm gonna pretend like i sound like a, a car guy there and i know everything about that so that's good <laughs> That sound that's great. Yeah. Had to drop front subframe, almost pull the engine. When I went to put it back together, it leaked oil. Oh my gosh. That's a bad that day. Not like a kick to the head, hey? Like <laughs> seriously, it that I I think that's probably the worst when you go through an entire process yeah. and you think you get your shit together and then all of a sudden you start leaking oil. <laughs> you know? Like yeah. yeah. I and what uh Aaron here, she says, I researched homeschooling for years. When my first was a baby, little did I know how much it would change when they were actually school age. It did nothing. Yeah. Oh yeah. You want to talk that, about that? Oh one? yeah. That's, oh yeah. And, I mean, it's the same as being a parent really, you know, you, <laughs> you, you research and you're like, okay, I understand this, but I was just telling some, I think it was Brian in our live stream. I was, I said, I think as a parent, you learn how to parent every day and every year because it's different. It's the same with homeschooling. You know, homeschooling a three-year-old is not the same as a seven-year-old. Seven-year-old is not the same as a 15-year-old. It's completely different. So again, you can research it to death and not be helping yourself. You know, at, at some point you just got to jump in. I think, and I, I know you mentioned uh, about, you know, getting married and having kids and that kind of stuff. And, <laughs> and I, well, I think Charlotte's in here tonight. I love when she comes in. So the other night, I dropped her off uh, to babysit her very, very first babysitting job. Awesome. And she was nervous and I bet she was scared she was going to suck, you know, but I also remember almost 12 years ago when we brought them, her and Alice, their twins out of the Kenfield hospital and I carried them in their stupid little carry seats, you know, <laughs> and put them in the back seat. And I didn't want to go over 10 kilometers an hour because I figured I was going to get in an accident and kill us all. Right. Yeah. You know, and right. you're scared to death. Like I remember the night before the kids were, they were born and you're like, am I going to be a good dad again? Are right. we going to be able to do this? <laughs> and it doesn't matter how many times you do it. You're still nervous, you know, and that that's part of it. Right. Like just yeah. the nervousness being scared, but I think it also keeps us humble. Right. Yeah. 
is that like what do you think about that like because you know you don't want to uh what do you call it um, you don't want to focus on sucking completely <laughs> but you also don't want to let let it go to your head either right because i'm right. bad at that too well i think it's interesting because when uh, now when i think about i'm afraid of sucking it's it's generally I'm going to start this new thing. I'm going to write a book. I'm going to learn how hmm. to do this skill, right? And I think, oh gosh, what happens if I fail? I never thought about that when I thought, hey, I should become a mom. Like that was never anything that, and I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to have kids. I'm going to become a mom. And oh my gosh, y'all, I knew, I knew nothing about babies. I did not grow up babysitting. I didn't grow up with little cousins. I didn't grow up with any of that. And so I'm not kidding you. I think the first diaper I changed was my kid's diaper. That's so I, I was very, very new at it. My husband knew way more about babies than I did. And so I remember, oh my, like you say, bringing him home from the hospital and being like, oh my gosh, like, what are we going to do? Like, this is real. Like, what did I do? You know? And so um, coming home and having that time that he was, my husband was still home. And then that first day he went to work that I was alone with a baby, mm. my baby, I'm like, I, I don't, then, then it was real. I was like, what am I doing? I'm totally going to screw this up. I don't even know if I know, know how to really change this kid's diaper. Like I don't, what, yeah, that's crazy. But the funny thing is having that experience, it's like you went through that. You didn't, having a baby is a new thing. You know, like getting married is a new thing. Buying a house is a new thing. And we don't necessarily go into those things with the same, oh my gosh, what if I suck? I didn't think of that when I was, I'm going to buy a house. I'm 21 and I'm going to buy a house with my husband. I got married when I was 21. We're going to have this wedding. We're going to get married. We're going to be these married people. I never thought, what if, what if I can't do this? Like, what if I don't know how to be a wife? What if I don't know how to like live on my own? You know, never thought of it. So having that kind of frame of reference, when I'm thinking now I'm going to start a YouTube channel, you know, like we've yeah. all done so many new things. It's just how you frame it. That's, that is that's funny, kind of, isn't it? Yeah. Because you're right. You don't, I mean, yeah, you worry about screwing up if you're a parent, but it really doesn't freeze you. You know what I mean? Like right. it doesn't, you know, you're like, okay, yeah, I can do it. But right. why do we suffer so much from analysis paralysis with all the other inconsequential, inconsequential shit? You know what I mean? Right. Like, right. Like for instance, like I mean, again, you think, oh, we we have our shit together, right? We're we're podcasters, and of course, you know, well, okay, three weeks ago, I I decided that I was going to do my the the episode, um, was it top five rewatchable post apocalyptic TV shows, right? Yes, Something totally, totally different, <laughs> and I was actually nervous that it was going to flop, and like you know what, whatever, right? Because it is what it is. It's something completely different. It's something I'm passionate about. Cause I like TV and movies and that kind of stuff, especially post-apocalyptic stuff because I'm weird that way. <laughs> but again, you know, even up until the time that I went live that morning, I was still nervous that it was going to flop. Right. Or that it, that it wasn't going to be received well. Right. Mm -hmm. And even though we seem to have our shit together, <laughs> we, we really don't, but <laughs> you still get nervous that you're going to suck. Right. And you get yeah. nervous that, yeah. you know, and, and actually that was one of my better episodes, you know, my, Isn't my, more crazy? yeah. So uh, yeah, you have to stretch, you have to get yeah. out there, you have to try it. Right. And, right. But then, so what happens if something falls flat and it fails? Where, what do you do from there? I've, I guess it depends. Mm -hmm. 
Um, it depends how much you had invested in it. It depends how it is that it sucks. Is it is it that it sucked that you got bad feedback from a few people and you're taking it super personal? You know, is is that the level of suck that it is, or is it like it caused an issue in your actual life? Like we have something we need to fix now. I, I suppose you know that depends how you're going about it. But you know, you say about doing something different on the podcast and talking about, you know, the, the movies that you were talking about. It's so crazy because I find when I have those podcast episodes where I'm like, I don't know if I should do this. I don't know if I should talk about this. I don't know if I should admit this. Those are always the ones that people like the best or people connect with. There's something different in there that I said that they just, I always get the best feedback on those things. So I've almost learned those times where I'm like, eh, should I, I almost always should. <laughs> Because what, what was it there? Are you an office? Do you ever watch The Office? Mm -mm. No. no. Okay. Well, anyway, it's just a. Um, but Wayne Gretzky always has the 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 saying: um, "You miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take." Yeah. Right. So right. Michael Scott on The Office, he has a thing where it's he has that quote, and it says Wayne Gretzky, Michael Scott, as in he's quoting, <laughs> you know, so taking credit for it. But yeah. but it is true, right? If you don't if you don't put yourself out there, yeah. I, Right. So uh, what was it? I want to say it was John Maxwell. I don't know. you ever read any or he, mm -hmm. he did like 21 irrefutable laws of leadership and stuff. We had to read it in college, but he had a book called failing forward. And, mm. you know, I know like so much of this sounds cliche, but it's cliche because it's true. Right. It doesn't mean it's right. not true. But right. honestly, that is the best way to make headway and success is to fall flat on your face yeah. And fail a couple of times yeah. because you learn more from screwing up than from not. Right. Yeah. And I think absolutely. talking about those episodes, um, like the ones that you're like, oh, should I, or shouldn't I, maybe yeah. people pick up on our, our nervous energy or they, they connect with it because they're like, Oh, I, I yeah. Okay. They, it really, there's just a little more passion behind it or something. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Like I did an episode about, um, you know, the situation with our house, you know, back, back in the day, which, you know, long, long story short, it, it uh, our first house ended in bankruptcy and foreclosure. You'll have to go back and find that episode if you want to uh, listen to it. But there was so much good feedback from that. You know, just sometimes I think admitting where you sucked and admitting, you know, the situations you were in that other people have gone through and now you just become more real to them. And there was another episode I did that was about imposter syndrome and always feeling like you feel like a fake. You feel like people are going to think they're going to figure out you don't know what you're talking about as a podcaster or homesteader or whatever. And that was, I got so much good feedback from people saying, yep, yep, same thing. I deal with the same thing. And so, yeah, the, it's, it just, I think, Admitting where you suck, admitting where you uh, feel like you failed or have failed. I think those are people connect with those so, so much. Being real like that is so important. Those two episodes you just mentioned were two that I literally connected with, right? Because Aww. no, it hundred percent. Cause yeah. the, I don't even know. I think I might've learned the term imposter syndrome from you. I'm not mm -hmm. sure, but I certainly didn't learn the feelings. <laughs> I knew that <laughs> a long time before, right? You know, it's like, when you start and you're like, okay, when, when does it, when, when have I made it right? When, when right. am I actually a real podcaster or a real right. YouTube, whatever. Right. But, yeah. but uh, so kind of go on a tangent here, I guess a little bit, but <laughs> you know, so everybody fails. Right. But yeah. a lot of times we were talking about earlier, I was talking about uh, my dogs going out and pooping on the deck. Right. And how that in you mentioned about how that kind of stuff isn't Instagram worthy. Right. Yeah but that's real life. Mm -hmm. 
and losing a house in bankruptcy is real life. Yeah. Digging yourself into a pile of debt like we did for a lot of years that our only way out was to move across the country and start over is real. But yeah. so many, I don't want to say everybody, but there's a lot of people who just project success all the time without the failure. Mm -hmm. And it's not real, right? You know what I mean? Like it, it, it's okay and I get it, but at the same time, it's like, you know what? I would rather be a little bit honest about my failings or, yeah. or fully honest about it because like you said, people respect that. People want to hear yeah. about it, right? Yeah. Uh, Jason says, it's okay to suck. Just keep trying to win. Oh yeah. I like that. And yeah. Nate says, we like spicy Amy. What's that say? <laughs> Sometimes it's got to be said because others don't know. Spicy Amy. So what yes. is spicy Amy? I, I've been told that I have a way of telling people the way it is with a little bit of love. Yes. That's that's what I've been told. I guess it's my thing. And, and sometimes when I feel like I'm getting real, real spicy on my podcast and, and saying things, I will tell people, make sure you bring milk before you listen to this one, because you might <laughs> you might need it gets a little spicy. So let's talk. How about um learning a skill for the first time. What, yeah. What's your process for that? How do you do that? Or what do you, what do you, <laughs> I got some thoughts to share too, but I'd like to hear what you, how you start out. Oh, I, what immediately comes to mind is like moving to the farm and we butcher chickens, which wasn't a big deal. Like I, I've been butchering stuff forever and, but <laughs> we butcher our chickens and then we put them in the freezer whole, right? So the first time we're going to pull a chicken out of the freezer and we're going to thaw it, and then we're going to cut it into legs and thighs and wings and breasts, right? I'm like, I don't actually know how to do this. And so <laughs> I asked my husband, do, you know, do you know how to do this? Yeah. So he's showing me how to do it. And I'm so concerned I'm going to cut in the wrong spot. And he said, Amy, if you cut in the wrong spot, it's still going to taste the same. <laughs> like it yep. will still... It's fine. Just cut again. It doesn't matter. And so, uh, I mean, that was many years ago, obviously. But so I, I've taken that advice to heart with so many different things. Like there's so many things we get worried about in learning a new skill. Like what's the worst that can happen? You know, if you cut in the leg joint in the wrong spot and you don't get the right spot, you just cut again. It's not a big deal. You know, so it, it, it applies to a lot of things, a lot of skills that I've had to learn. So. And it tastes the same. Even it does it... taste the same. It does. Well, it that's really true. does. Okay. I, all right. So how about learning how, I, so I have a story about this one too, but I want to hear yeah. your first, but the goat, uh, how about trimming your goat hooves? Oh, I, like I had no idea what I was doing and goats. They're just, Oh gosh, we don't have goats anymore. If that tells you anything, but man, just the, doing anything with goats, but trying to figure out the process of cutting the goat hooves and cutting enough off and not cutting too much off and making sure you have the right tool and making sure you can see like I like I had to get a headlamp like so I could see what I was doing I, I, it was just yeah we so Becky and I have done <clears throat> pretty much everything up to but not quite to cows like we've done okay. all the homesteading over the years and now we yep. live in town so it's mm -hmm. kind of weird but anyway so Back, I want to say it was 2005, maybe. I don't even know if we were married. Anyway, but 2005, we got three goats. Had no sweet friggin' clue about anything. I First off, I thought, okay, I'm going to get these goats because I friggin' hate to mow. And I'm like, oh. well, let me tell you, okay, goats are not a lawnmower. No matter how much you think they are, you're like, oh, they're, 
yeah, they're, they cannot keep up with the grass. And no. oh, yeah, it was so no. I'm like, okay, I'm going to take him and I'm going to take them and I'm going to tether them down in the field and they're going to eat all my grass and I'm not going to have to mow. Well, that was the first thing that, that, that was bad. That didn't work at all. <laughs> Uh, and also before this, when you go to buy goats, don't show up with a Dodge Neon. Uh, that's also very important because uh, you do need to bring them home somehow. And we did consider putting Precious, I think it was Precious, Hope, and I can't remember what the other, anyway, but that was oh their boy. name. We, and Precious was the full-grown mom. And we were going to put all three of them in the back of the Neon and bring them home. But the lady yes, was nice that offered to, we paid her a little bit and she brought them to us. Oh. <laughs> Anyway, so then one day Becky calls me at work. I was at home hardware. She's like, hun, the goat's out. And I'm like, we thought we'd build a pen that could keep them in. Well, for starters, there is no such thing as a pen that can keep a goat in. You probably know. And I said, well, hun, I'm at work right now. What do you want me to do? And she goes, well, I just wanted you to know the goat was out. And I don't know where she went. So she found her across the road, up over the hill in the graveyard. And I was like, okay. So anyway... We had them for a few months and I, I learned how to milk them. I learned how to make cheese, things I had never done. I made goat's milk soap and I was really proud of that. And then one day I noticed that mama goat there, her her hooves were starting to grow in on themselves, right? Mm -hmm. And this was 2005. This was pre-YouTube. So uh -huh. I don't know what it, yeah. So I'm like, and we only had dial-up internet and I'm like, <laughs> I got to figure out. And so I started looking and um, I, I research a little bit and I'm like, oh, this should work. So I had... Um, you know, aviation snips, like the things you'd use for cutting uh, vinyl siding, yep. you know, like, yep. And they were perfect for it. Right. But what I didn't think to look up was what do you do <laughs> if you cut too deep and they bleed? So Becky and I are out after dark. I trimmed her first hoof and it worked good. And then I trimmed the next one and I went way too deep. Mm. And all of a sudden I got this goat with blood. <laughs> just coming out everywhere and oh like, man what do you do what do you do so i'm going in there and i'm trying to look it up on the internet because i mean we were new at this and yeah. i'm like waiting for the page to load i'm like i don't know what so eventually <laughs> it turns out that cornstarch is a pretty damn good so i think becky yeah. even came up with the idea on her own so. <laughs> but we were panicked and yeah we sucked and a few months later we sold the goats but <laughs> it was absolutely oh boy um, it was fun you know i mean it was we that, yeah, those two years of uh, homesteading and farming, that, yeah. we, that one, yeah, it was fun. You know, like we got married and Becky had uh, gel nails or not gel, uh, press, really expensive press on nails. And yeah. it, it happened to be, we'd forgotten, we didn't plan it this way. But um, during our honeymoon, it so happened that our chickens were fully grown and we had to butcher them. And so we're like, oh, okay. So she's like, the first one we tried to do, she was trying to pluck them with her nails on. And she's like, bring this, pulls all her nails off. And then we start plucking the chicken. So it was, yeah, it was a good time. We, uh, one of the years that we got pigs. So uh, we had a mom pig and piglets. We did that for uh, uh, one year. And then we did, I decided, no, I'm not doing piglets anymore. We, so we just get feeders from the neighbor down the road. And so we're bringing home our three piglets and they were small enough. They would fit in like a very large dog kennel. Right. And so my husband says to me, do you think you can handle this? Because he had worked the night before he was going to come home, go to bed. Do you think you can handle going to pick up the pigs? Oh yeah, me and the boys, we got it. You know, so I, I put the kennel in the back of the truck and we're going to go do the thing and we load them up and it's wonderful. And we bring them home. And I, I back the truck up to the barn that they're supposed to go in and the boys and I haul the kennel in and we put it in, you know, the stall that, or, you know, the pen that the pigs are going to be in. 
and we open the kennel door and those little piggies go right under the fence the the stall thing and nobody had closed the barn door so they ran right out of the barn oh, and just like no. disappeared and i just stood there going you know oh my gosh because all i can see is all this money running down the road these little these little feeder piglets that are like 40 pounds they just run away and i'm like oh my gosh i didn't even know what to do right so i'm gonna run after these pigs why, why am i gonna run after pigs like, i'm just gonna so i tell the boys go wake your dad up who has oh, been no. sleeping for like two hours right and so he was my, happy my sweet husband comes out in his jammy pants and his coat you know rubbing his eyes he's like what's going on i said the pigs and i'm you know, crying you know and my husband who's very smart even after only having two hours of sleep says we have a four-wheeler amy why wouldn't you just get on the four-wheeler and go chase him so he gets on the four-wheeler he got all the pigs to come back it, it was a miracle that he got them back but yeah that that was my story of sucking really bad i make sure that when you bring the pigs home you put them in the stall. They can't get out. You close the barn door in case they get out of the area they're not supposed to be able to get. But yeah, yeah, I, I will never make that mistake again. You got to make those mistakes so you know what you're supposed to do, right? And it can right. be an expensive mistake sometimes, too. Oh, know, but that would have been bad. Do they call them wiener pigs down your way? Do you ever mm -hmm. hear like so like they're they're just weaned off, you know? Oh, OK. So I, I come out to Alberta and of course, you know, it's a farm country out here. Yeah. And. I was working at a farm supply shop and of course the terminology, some things I didn't know. <laughs> this guy said, if, if you know of anybody who's looking, I have wieners for sale. And I was like, well, that's weird, but okay. I mean, what hot dogs? I didn't know. And oh my God, was I ever embarrassed when I oh, was wow. embarrassed, but it was just yeah. so funny. I was like, so he sells wieners. And then that's funny eventually it comes out that they're wiener pigs and he was selling pigs but i'm thinking oh he must be the hot dog salesman i don't know but yeah funny last funny. prepper standing welcome first live on i think one this i think he means on this channel i'm thinking so nice to have you man we got a good crowd in here tonight and Sweet. Uh, uh loretta says anyone else imagining the pig story but yo i can absolutely imagine that yeah, I, I, I can't do it. I could pretend to sing or, you know, hum along, but I can I can hear the music in my head. So it was a good time. Farm stories are the best, aren't they? They, and, they really and, are. Yeah. And I don't know which is it. Is it goats or pigs that are the better escape artists, do you think? Um, For us, it, it's been pigs. We only had goats ever get out once, but we um, we made a pact that if pigs got out and they made it to the cornfield which makes no sense to you but if they make it to the cornfield at our house they're they're going down <laughs> we're not chasing them next they're time they, they they're just bacon they are early bacon yep i just thought of another i and this one is totally but you'll appreciate this when becky was in high school her parents had a firm and it was a non-money-making firm. So it was a, a, a hobby firm. Her mom right. bought a bunch of animals that cost money and just <laughs> looked after them, right? Yeah. So they, they had a goat named Ozzy. And I can't, uh, I, anyway, the house they bought, that they the, the guy they bought the house from was kind of a ne'er-do-well. Anyway, so the cop showed up one day looking for him, but he, he'd been long gone. And he was an old French cop with a handlebar mustache, you know? Yeah. Like, and Ozzy, the goat, he he ended up coming out and he climbed up onto the roof of the police car. Oh boy! And he's like, "Down, goat! Down, goat! Down!" <laughs> and he didn't know what to do. The goat's just up walking on the roof of the uh, 
the police car. Yeah. So Becky has told me that story so many times. Oh, I, funny. I, yeah, I wish I'd have been there for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so does sucking get easier with time? I, I don't, I think... I think you're always going to suck at stuff. I mean, if you are someone who's going to take on new things, which I think everybody should, I don't think you should ever stop doing that. Uh, I think that's part of growth. But I would say the longer you do it, if you're learning from your mistakes and you're learning from your failures, I think you learn to recognize, oh, yeah, this is one of those times I suck and it's okay because it's part of the process and it's going to get better and, you know. Do you, do you find as you get older, you don't give a shit quite as much as you used to? Correct. Yes. When does that, when does that switch? I'm not sure. If, I think it's sometime in the thirties, getting very close to 40. I think I could be wrong, but that's kind of where I, I get anyway. Yeah. I would say for me, late thirties, early forties. Yeah. Because like, and you don't, how do you put it? Like, it's not that you don't care, but you realize that other people don't really care either. Right. 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 And you're like, oh, okay, I'm not so bad. And when you're in your 20s, all you can think about is, geez, if I if I mess up, right, everybody's gonna know I messed. Well, no right. shit. You know what I mean? Like it's like the time that dad said to mom, you know, they had to do the dishes when the pastor's wife was coming over, and he's like, Well, you wouldn't want her to know we dirty dishes, would you? <laughs> not, a, right. not a good answer, you know. But uh right. Joseph yeah. says, My future wife's first visit to my house involved her calling me crying that my big Billy was on her car roof and she was too scared to get out. Oh, oh. boy. Joseph, that's a great story. <laughs> it, you almost wish there was pictures for that, don't you? And Steady Present says, was cleaning some air exchangers in a paper mill and instead of turning the water off, turned it full board. <laughs> finished rolls of paper soap. Looking back, I just... Oh. <laughs> and for whatever yeah. reason, Joseph's wife still married him because something must have worked out. We just celebrated their 10th anniversary. So perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, goats, I tell you. I yeah, and so we were talking about learning new skills. And and for me, I one thing I was gonna mention, like whenever I do a new skill, like you know, I run my handyman business, right? And somebody will say, Um, so do you do this? You know, and and I I rarely I used I say know a little more now because I'm busier, but when I first started, like you know, somebody asked me if I do windows and I couldn't say I don't do windows. Right. You know, but, right. So I went and I, I hadn't cleaned windows in a decade, maybe, you know, and people think, oh, cleaning windows. No, there's an art to cleaning windows if you want to. Yeah. Be good. So on to YouTube, I went because, of course, I told the customer, yeah, I do windows. So I went home and I watch YouTube videos and I practiced on my own windows for a while. And the first time I did them for the customer, you know, they were happy with them. But if I were to look back on them now compared to the windows I do now, it, they wouldn't have been nearly as good, right? But I say all that because if somebody, okay, if, if you're out there and you're like, I really want to try this, but I'm scared, right? Or I don't mm -hmm. want to do it. For me, I always try something first without an audience, if I can, except for live streaming because by its nature. Although the first time I did it, I think I tried it without an audience because nobody showed up <laughs> other than Joseph. So that's okay. But... <laughs> But yeah, so when I first start learning a new skill, like if, if it's construction-based, I try to do it on my own home first, right? And I also do learn a lot better when I don't have somebody watching me over my shoulder, right? Mm -hmm. so, so whatever you can do, I think, to kind of eliminate some of that stress early on, you know, because sucking and, and you are going to suck and sucking does suck, you know, but <laughs> the whole lot of it, you know, so whatever you can do to take a little bit of the 
the pressure out of the situation, a little bit of the stress, it, it makes it a little easier to fail. You know, mm-hmm. does that make sense? Yeah, I think, um, you know, there are people who want to start YouTube channels. We'll start a YouTube channel because in the beginning, no one's going to be watching you. Yeah. So you can make all these videos and you can do all these things and nobody's watching you. And that's great. You know, that's a good thing. Like, don't try to build your channel super fast because you have an opportunity when you're this very small channel to do and try things that you can't get away with, you know, once you start growing. So, um, and, and same thing, you know, I, I have friends who want to start a, prog- a podcast. Well, get your equipment and make a recording, you know, practice talking into the microphone, see what kind of things you're doing when you're speaking that you don't even realize you're doing until you listen back to it. Um, there, there are people who, who have podcasts and then they want to start doing interviews. Well, have a friend come on and, you know, interview with you, you know, like, don't do it live like this. You just, just do a recording and practice. And yeah, without somebody watching, without someone being over your shoulder, you know, nitpicking, um, sometimes you just got to jump in there and try it and, and see how it works. It's funny you mentioned interviews because I think I know a podcaster who just started doing interviews. Yeah, she did. Yeah. 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 So that was, (laughs) how'd the first one go? Great. Yeah. Great. It's so fun. Like I, now, now I love it. I'm Were just doing nervous? interviews all the time. Were you nervous the first time or not too bad? No, because the first person that I interviewed was Letty. Oh, so, so it was yeah. just like talking to you. It was just yeah. like, we, cause cool we friend, talk all right? the time. So. so it was a great first interview to start with because there was no, you know, we talk all the time. So it was just pressing record while we talk. And that was a great way to start. But yeah, I find now that the more people that I interview, it's me convincing them that they don't need to be nervous because you know, it's okay. It's just a chat with friends, you know, and once we get going, then it's fine. Everybody just kind of settles into a rhythm. And and then sometimes you get the interviews where you have to pull people along. Like yeah. The grocery yeah. Store, you know, sometimes. Yep. And that's okay too. It's just different. Yep. Like yep. I, sometimes I'll get to the end of the interview and somebody will be like, this is the first interview I ever did. And I'm like, Oh, you, you did great. No, yeah. no worries. You know, like, Hey, I, no problem. It's just, usually two different types of interviews, right? Yeah. You get yeah. ones where you both go along together and you get yeah. ones where you have to kind of pull people, but that's yeah. okay. You know, yeah. Loretta says uh friend interviews are the best. Yes. 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 Although I always think, you know, um, Jack in the survival podcast, he always talks about doing interviews and he has a, you know, we all kind of do, well, this one was different because when it's a chat interview, we do yeah. a little prep, but not a lot, but right. you know, um, most interviews I, I get, eight to 10 questions ahead of time from somebody because yep. you want to make sure you're on the same page and you're prepped. Right. But Jack, I, I can't remember who it was that he had on, but he said one of his very first interviews was like a, a really good friend of his. And as soon as he hit record, it all fell apart. Like it, it never, really? yeah. Like it just, it, it didn't, it didn't work. They weren't able to, it just didn't flow the way he wanted it to. And I was like, huh. Hmm. So it can happen, you know, but sure. uh, and Brian says that uh, I, I popped the interview, Terry. <laughs> Brian did awesome. He and he was great, yeah. you know. But I, yeah, yeah, I love it, you know. And uh, Chris says that's like when I first met Tim in his grad. She led the entire conversation in glass. <laughs> and I don't even try to; it just happens, you know. So, but it's okay. You just you you give people a chance and let them do the talking, right? But it's all good. I was trying to think of some other times that I <clears throat> fell flat and failed. I don't know. I, I probably mentioned this before, but as an entrepreneur, sometimes you, you're pretty quick to forget your failures. And you <laughs> I, I'm bad that way. Like somebody says, well, what did you screw up recently? And I'm like, 
I don't know. I, I you just it's like okay, that failure's gone and you move on, you know? But But I think sometimes that's what makes a successful entrepreneur because if you focus on all I mean, you should learn from your failures, but if you focus on here's the 27 times I really sucked, you're never going to move forward. You know, you're going to be stuck on thinking, here's all the stuff I screwed up. So I think I think it's good to be able to learn from it but then move past it, you know? That's true. That's a good point because like, yeah, I mean, number one, if you if you focus on the negative the whole time, you're, you're never going to do anything. Yeah. But also, uh, sometimes I can get a little cocky and I don't mean to, <laughs> but I do. Right. And <laughs> have you ever uh, you ever heard of the, the Dunning Kruger effect? Mm -mm. So people anyway, uh, Simon Dan's a guy I used to listen to quite a bit on the on uh, YouTube and he he kind of has his way with flat earthers and stuff. He's quite funny, right? Mm -hmm. So anyway, Dunning-Kruger effect is basically when you're just smart enough on a certain subject that you're not smart enough to know what you don't know. So you've just mm. learned a little bit, you know, like maybe the maybe a kid learns the first three letters of the alphabet and they come to you and tell you that they know the entire English language, right? So, <laughs> but as you go along and you learn more, that's when you realize, shit, there's so much out there I don't know, right? And sometimes I get a little, you know, I'm like, oh, one little success. And now I go take the world on, right? So it's probably good to find a balance between the two, you know. I like, think so, right? But I don't know. Then I don't know. But then it was something for years that, uh, and thank God I met Becky because I, I always struggle with not being very confident, even though I project confidence, right? You're like, mm -hmm. oh, yeah, right? So she's always like, honey, you can do this. And so now, of course, she's, you know, built my ego up a little too big. It doesn't always fit in my head, right? Because I was telling you earlier, we've got a, we're, our, our latest venture that we're trying is we're going to do a, a private label coffee thing where, mm -hmm. you know, um, the coffee's roasted and shipped within three days. And because in Canada, you can't really get, um, well, all my friends that have coffee businesses all live in the States. You know, so one's in Illinois, one's in Tennessee, and one's in Washington State. And the worst part about it is that if you want to get it to Canada, it costs an arm and a leg, and it mm. takes forever, and mm. blah, 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 right? So I'm like, you know what? If we can't do it, we might as well reinvent the wheel. So we're going to try it up here. And do you know how much we know about selling coffee? Less than zero, <laughs> right? But I do know how to sell shit. I'm really good at selling shit. I always have been. And uh, so we're going to try it, and we're going to succeed because that's what we do. But it doesn't mean we're not going to suck and we're not going to fail along the way. Right. So, right. Um, oh, Illinois coffee maker. Yeah. So that is um, James from Prepper Broadcast Network. He has um, <clears throat> that. I want to make sure I had the name right. Disaster Coffee. And so he, he the, his his business setup is very similar to what we're going to do. And uh, it, it's a third party roaster that roasts quickly and ships it out. But he also sells five pound packages of green beans for the end of the world. Um, mm. I can't remember. Bunker beans is what he calls them. It's the greatest thing ever. So if you're looking, look it up. It's survival, survival coffee or disaster, sorry, disaster coffee. Don't mind me. And uh, yeah, it's really cool. So anyway, it's kind of neat. So yeah. And uh, Joseph says the handyman roast is going to be a real thing. Yes. I, the other day he called it the handyman grind and I really like that name. Yeah. So we'll see where we end up, you know, <laughs> that's awesome. So what was this? What did you send me? Something about a drone or something? What was the story about a drone? Did you? Did you yeah. Oh, um, I was talking about like 
My husband wanted, uh, we were talking the other day, he has something that he wants to um, create for work, a little piece of something that they need for a drone. And I was at, he said, there's this thing that I want to do. And I said, well, what, what's holding you back from doing it? And he said, well, I don't know how to make this thing. And so he's explaining it to me. I said, well, is it that you don't know how to make the thing or you don't have the tools to make the thing? And he said, well, I don't have the tools to make the thing. I said, well, that sounds like a really easy fix then, doesn't it? Oh, you're just like, like, yep. Well, yeah. I'm like, well, then what's holding you back? So, and, and, and I, I was telling you that because I think that, um, you know, sometimes we can, I don't know if you want to call it making any excuses or just getting wrapped up in, in the wrong, like vein of thought, um, you know, like figure out why, if there's something you want to do, figure out why you can't do it and, and, and work through that. And I think it's important to have people in your life and in your community who will, help you through that and help you figure that out, you know, who will ask the hard questions, but also be supportive, you know, and encouraging. And, and I, I just think that's so important to have, especially as someone who's coming up with all the, all the ideas and wants to be an entrepreneur. It's, you got to surround yourself with the right people. That, that can be tough too, can it? Because it can be. Yeah. Um. So what do you, what do you look for? Do you look for somebody who <laughs> like, do you look for somebody who will question what you're doing? Do you look for somebody who will say, do it? Do you look for a combination of those type of people? Like what, what is it? You know, I think you need probably in different um, parts of the journey through that. I mean, you want someone who says, yeah, do it. Like who's really encouraging, but you also need the people who ask the questions and you, you don't, I think there are certain parts of the process where you don't just want to hear, we'll do it. We'll just do it. Because sometimes in certain parts of the process, that's not what you need to hear. And it's overwhelming to hear, we'll just do it. Like, just mm -hmm. do it. You know, like that, that isn't helpful sometimes. Sometimes you need that person who's going to say, well, let's sit down and make a list of here's the pros and cons, or here's what you understand. Here's what you don't understand. So I, I think you need to have um, different people in your community that serve a different purpose and, and kind of know who it is that you need to talk to at what time in the process, I think is important. I can see that. Yeah. Because, and, and that, that's the thing, like, um, you know, Becky is my, like, I don't even, you know, my cheerleader, everything as far as that goes, like, because when you said like, that was an easy problem to solve, you know, do, yeah. do you know how to do it or do you just need new tools? That is almost, or, <laughs> you know verbatim what becky has said to me on many different occasions like she sounds like a fabulous woman oh she is incredible <laughs> you know? but she also puts up with all my bullshit because <laughs> like you were saying about the drone and i remember one night not that long ago of course first off i wanted to get into solar right and so i said hey yep. honey we're gonna get into solar and she's like okay you know and whatever and so then i don't know I, I, I didn't get bored with it, but I was learning and I kind of learned I've got it set up and I got to do another video on that. It's another story. And so then one day I'm flipping through YouTube and I see a video about a, a small scale wind turbine, just this little 400 watt wind turbine. Right. And of course we live in town. And uh, <laughs> so I look at her and I, I, we, I went, we were in bed one night and I said, honey, I said, I think I'm going to get a wind turbine. And she just rolls her eyes and sighs <laughs> and she's like, okay. <laughs> You know, right? Like she doesn't care. She's just, she's so, so supportive. And yeah. that, that's huge. That's hugely important for a lot of people. Right. Yeah. So yeah. Tom says, uh, uh, Julie doesn't put up with too much of my bullshit. Plenty of shenanigans. <laughs> though, right. So you need that in your life. <laughs> yeah, you do. You need a, you need a cheerleader, but you're right. You need, you need a 
good crew of people, right? Like mm -hmm. um, you mentioned about surrounding yourself with doers. Is that I'm obviously yeah. that's important to you, but yeah. you want to elaborate a little? I just think if you're someone who has a lot of ideas and a lot of um, just ideas of things you want to do, if you're not around doers, you're not going to step forward you know, with the things that you want to do, it's just going to get stuck. It's going to stay in your head or just going to be that stuff that you just talk about and it never really turns into anything. So being surrounded by doers, I think is what's going to break you out of that. And those, I think people who are doers are also the people that are going to encourage you to be a doer. So oh, yeah, yeah. I just, I think that's the people you want to hang with if you want to do the things. I've, I'm always like, you know, I get home in the evening and I do shit. I always do shit, whether it's working in the garden or whatever, right? And years ago, I had a neighbor who loved him to death and we're good friends, but he couldn't work and talk at the same time. <laughs> and so what would end up happening was he would come over and want to help me in the garden. And mm. what would happen was we would, he would talk and I would work. <laughs> yeah. And then he would want to stop and talk some more. So... I just got to the point where I would just work with my head down and work and, you know, and eventually he would come along with me, but that can, and that's a funny example of how that can kind of drag you down though. Right. Because yeah. if, if you're, you know, the, the bar flies that always hang out at the bar and they always, yeah. they always say, Oh, you should have done this or should have done that or should, you know, right. And, yep. and that, that can drag you down if you're around the wrong people. But right. when you're with, you know, people who like to get shit done, it seems to energize you, doesn't it? Like, I think so. Yeah. I've got yeah. family members who are, you know, doing the entrepreneurial thing now, I think, I hope, um, at least in part because of us, because we're yeah. always saying, do it, do it, do it, you know, and, and now they are, and they're friggin' successful and I'm proud of them. Right. But yeah, yeah, I think there's energy in that. Right. Like, I think so. Yeah. If you see people who are actually doing, I think it, it helps you see that that's possible. Mm -hmm. It's it's not just an idea. It's not just talking about it. It's seeing, oh, Tim did that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> he actually got off his butt and did something. So what if I got off my butt and did, you know, it's it's inspiring, I think. No, it is. I you know you're absolutely right. And and it, yeah, I because I maybe that was what we did for a lot of years too was there was and again, they always say what the ultimate life hack is moving out of your hometown, right? And for some people that kind of is because you get kind of stuck in your ways and you get yeah. used to being around people who don't do. And so you don't do, or you might, you might be busy, but you're not really doing shit, right? And so when you, yeah, it, it is, it, it is, it's incredibly motivating to be around other people who, you know, just really want to do it, right? And, and right. get shit done. I, I yeah. appreciate that, you know, and um trying to think what what other like one thing i guess what's the worst that can happen right so when you're yeah. when you're looking to to fail i remember you know years ago <laughs> I'd always, i was anxious about something i'm like what's the worst that can happen right like you, yeah. you talk about your oven element yeah you know <laughs> you're not going to burn your house down by changing out an oven element even right. though you may think you will right right but, i think some people want to focus on the 15 things that could go wrong, you know? And I, I think sometimes just thinking, okay, well, what's the worst that could happen? You know, because very often it's not that I'm going to die. It's not that I'm going to blow my house up. It's not that it's nothing like that. I might get embarrassed. What's the worst thing if, about getting embarrassed? 
I mean, I'm almost 43. I don't care now. <laughs> I, don't, I don't care. I, I don't care. Like whatever. Um, but, it, and the, I guess the other perspective of that is, you know, some people are so um, scared about doing something because what if I get hurt or what if, you know, it doesn't turn out right. I mean, any of us could leave our house tomorrow and get hit by a car. You know what I mean? I mean, for perspective. I'm not leaving home tomorrow. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like we yeah, yeah. worry so much about, oh my gosh, and what if this happens? Well, there's so much stuff that can happen that we don't worry about. So why do we get caught up in, what if people laugh at me? You know, like I, yeah. It's true. I, and I, I, I it goes back to that. Try not to give a shit attitude yeah. a little bit. And, yeah. and it doesn't mean you got to be a dick about it. Right. right. It means yeah. that you, you know, it, yeah. Just that you want to, you want to be better. You, you yeah. want to learn. You, you want to do but, something. Yeah. Because yeah. doing some, I don't know, it gives you a purpose in life. It gets yeah. you out there, it gets you doing. And um, I should, I, well, let's put it out to the audience. We've got a good crowd in here tonight, but if anybody wants to share a story of when they sucked or something they did, yeah. or if you got questions too, you know, throw them at us because this is kind of a, a wide open kind of, uh, what do you want to call it? Exercise this evening. Right. So Loretta yeah. <laughs> says, thanks for jinxing us all. Amy. No, 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 no. It's but, just yeah. perspective. <laughs> It is. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and uh, Nate, I don't know if I read that one yet. It says, he, my wife puts up with my bullshit too. It usually begins with, I had a thought process. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's exactly yep. And Brian says, uh, we were talking about the busy doing nothing people, yep. right? Yeah. I throw them in the same category as the must be nice people. They look at <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah, who are successful and they're like, oh, must be nice. Well, right. it is nice. So thanks for noticing, you know? <laughs> yes. But it's just the negativity, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I like uh, Nicole talks about it on uh, Living Free in Tennessee a lot. You know, she talks about her uh, the GSD crew, you know, mm-hmm. they get shit done. Yep. And it just kind of happens where everything, you know, like minded people attract to like mind like minded people. Right. Yeah. So and and then if you have one person who isn't necessarily a doer, then it automatically you know, they work their way out. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Man, all the comments, the comments are coming from Bastis tonight. I don't know why that is, but that's okay. Okay, so Steady Presence. Ah, oh, this is a good one. <laughs> made a bad batch of yogurt and made ricotta from it. So is that kind of like when life gives you lemons, make lemonade? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that's actually really good. So have you ever yeah. made yogurt before, Amy? I have not. No. Nope. I think Becky and I did years ago, too, from goat's milk. And, you know, it turned out we made paneer cheese and stuff, too. It was mm-hmm. like... I don't know. Anyway, it was fun. You know, it was cool. But, and Brian says uh, that he sucks on a daily basis at one thing or another. Yeah. Yeah. I True think story. It, that's part of life, isn't it? And yeah. I, I think, I don't know if it's the, the biggest key to success, but it sure is one of them is being willing to fail and try something new. And, you know, yeah. I always call it the spaghetti method. Like when I started my handyman business, I tried a hundred things and, I made it. I actually remembered a couple that didn't work, but um, so I tried a, a flash sale for lawn mowing. It was the dumbest idea, but I was like, I'll come and mow any lawn for 30 bucks that's in town, right? <laughs> and I think I got one person, and then they canceled on me just before I was supposed to go and mow for them, but mm. it was a complete flop. And then another time, I'm like, you know what? 
a lot of people travel here in the wintertime. So I'm going to offer a house sitting service or like where I go and check on their houses once a day while they're away. Right. And I advertised it, put a lot of work into my, I think I even maybe did a paid YouTube or um, Facebook ad. Yep. Not even a sniff of a bite, like not even a little, right. So it happens. It, it took me a while to even remember those failures because I really, you know, I, I don't like to, right. But uh, Joseph says, shoot, learning YouTube. Talk about feeling like you suck for a very long time. I still have a lot of days. Do you ever have a day where you kind of just think, I'm just not very good at this, you know? I'm just going to go to bed and start again tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. We all have those days. Yeah. That, my, yeah. That, was my, that was my day yesterday at noon. Yeah. I looked at Becky and I said, I'm going back to bed. And I went back and I slept for two hours because... You know, I've been fighting freezing rain here and we have yeah. had, we shouldn't have it. And it's just, I was beat and I was stressed. And you know what? I've had my business for five years and there is still just about every winter that I can count at least one day where I think I'm going to give it all up and go back and work for somebody else. So yeah. even right. though you think you got your shit together, you don't all. You, you know? Yeah. So. Oh, here's a good one. All right. It's about generators. So know your go. <laughs> he says, I recently came home with a generator. When I told my wife what I had purchased, the first thing she said was, how soon can it get installed? That is, yes, I, that's awesome. But it's, <laughs> you were just, I'm thinking, if I read between the lines here, I'm thinking <laughs> Joe was excited just for the fact that he got the generator. And then the wife's piling it on like, hey, how soon can you get it installed? Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. I understand that. Yeah. And Tactical says, supposed to be watching something else, but I saw Tim and Amy live. Oh. <laughs> Had to, right? Uh, oh, okay. Here we go. Oh, Joe, boy, you are a get shit done kind of guy. We had it in operation right before the recent winter storm front hit. Nice. See? And that, you know, I, I was just talking to my mom and dad, and they just had a huge ice storm out east, and um, their generator wasn't strong enough to run their heat pump. And mm. so dad was a little bit flustered over it. And, uh, you know, so we're going to, I'm going to call and walk him through getting set, getting a better generator and that kind of stuff. But again, if you don't try, you don't, you're not going to get any, you know, I, he was yeah. kind of upset about it, but you just live and learn. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. Do you make wine or anything like that? Have you ever made any alcoholic <laughs> beverages? Uh, we made uh we tried to make apple wine one time and it was not wine. It was, it was, was it, vinegar? it was, Oh no, no, <laughs> it was real oh. good, but it was not wine. If you oh. know what I'm saying. Closer to like, uh, yeah, I don't know what it is. Yeah. 20% or something, you know? But. It was crazy. Yes. So Chris says, my, oh, this is good. Yeah, because back even before Becky and I met, I was a home brewer. And I haven't made anything in years, but it was always fun. But Chris says, my first batch of beer, every bottle exploded. <laughs> and my wife uh, was so mad at the mess, but she went and got more ingredients and made me try again. Aww. Now we make all kinds of hooch. Now, if that's nice. not... Bust your balls because your <laughs> bottle busted, but still help you out, right? That's love. That is really love. love. I love that. Man, we get, and uh, okay. Uh, Loretta says, if you don't suck at something, you're not living. That is true. That and is even true. if you're alive, you're not really living, right? So that is true. And Tactical says, uh, nice to see you, Tactical, by the way. Uh, and people that aren't doers don't show up for get shit done. We ain't that the truth. They kind of weed yeah. themselves out, don't they? Yeah. I like that. Uh, okay, what do we got here? Nate says, I can't I can't cook. I've burned mac and cheese. And another time I put noodles in cold water, brought water up to a boil, 
Noodles turn to mush. Learn from both experiences. Mm -hmm. Have you had, how about that? Um, baking or cooking? Have you ever had any experiences with that that pissed you off? or, uh, or Like when I was first married and I cooked all the time growing up at home, but there's those things that you get out on your own and you realize I never cooked this. Like I never bake this. I, I got to call mom and you know, like, how do you make this? Cause it wasn't internet back then when we were first married, we weren't, you know, hopping online to look up all recipes or whatever. And so I had to call my mom and say, how do you make mashed potatoes? I've never made mashed potatoes before. And she's like, well, you just, you just put the potatoes in the water, you know, and it, you boil, you know, like what you guys, I didn't cut the potatoes. So I put these giant freaking russet potatoes <laughs> into this thing of water. And my mom was actually coming for dinner and she looked and she's like, what? <laughs> I'm like, why is it taking forever for this? To yeah. Yeah. Becky loves, she is incredible at decorating cakes, but she doesn't mm. do it because she doesn't have the patience for it. Doesn't She's really good at it, but she hasn't done it in a long time. So, mm. uh, you know, fondant, like the stuff they roll yep. out and makes, yeah. yes. So she wanted to learn. I, I think I can tell this story. It's been, <laughs> the statute of limitations has gone past, right? But uh -oh. she wanted to learn how to make fondant. And this was probably about a decade ago. And I came home and you know, when you come home and you can just feel it in the air, you know, somebody's not happy, right? <laughs> so all of a sudden, all I hear is thump. And I go in the kitchen and that big ball of fun <laughs> went right across the kitchen against the wall. And she learned, you know, she was able to do it. But that's just her process for working her way through learning something new. You know, it is throwing it at the floor. That's her uh, process. <laughs> yes, it was the end. Yeah, the, she gave up on it and then and then went back to it later on. And she was OK. So, yeah, but it mm -hmm. was tough thing to learn right i bet i bet yeah. uh let's see um tom says i used to make everybody seems to have a a homemade alcohol story here. oh this yeah mm -hmm. i used to make homemade wine it was a lot of fun i make kombucha now really enjoyed it and brian says not wine shine yeah that's what it was brian it was it was not wine mm -hmm. it was shine i wish i could make experiment right it, it was something yeah it was it was crazy I made, this is a good story. So years ago, I uh, made, back before I invested in the nice uh, plastic homemade beer bottles, mm -hmm. we, I, I was making, uh, I was re reusing old glass beer bottles, right? And we went to a Christmas party, me and a buddy of mine, and this was long before I was married, and we were under the weather. Let's put it that way. We were, we were three sheets yep. to the wind, right? Yep, yep. And yep. we were broke as a joke. And so we brought a case of homebrew with us to this party but we left it out in the truck and so we oh, would boy. go out and we would drink one but eventually we got feeling pretty good and we're like you know what we'll just take it into the party with us yeah but they were pop tops they weren't screw off tops mm -hmm. and i didn't have an opener so i was going up to the bar asking the bartender to open these bottles of beer for me <laughs> and he went to open one and the whole neck broke right off oh we got kicked out so it was uh yeah so <laughs> that's my homebrew story uh pretty stupid right but oh man uh yeah and uh let's see um yeah <laughs> chris says i really enjoy making boat fuel <laughs> we're in canada after all yes <laughs> all our stories up here and uh yeah oh there you go brian says uh in canada three sheets to the wind no way i know right? no way <laughs> hmm. now uh joe has a natural gas tip for us he says where i live in the dallas fort worth area texas apparently there are gas meters that have a red face around the dials if you can connect the firm and tri-fuel 
if you connect the Furman tri-fuel generator directly to the gas supply line. Oh, you can connect. Okay, I think that's what it's supposed to say. You can always, sometimes I'm a little thick when I'm reading these comments. Oh, sorry, yeah. Coming out of the meter, it'll damage the generator. Oh, too much of a flow. I wonder if it's a high flow one. I got a guy I can ask that to. We got another spammer. Let's get rid of him. And, uh, oh, did he go? There we go. All right, yeah. Um, and let's see what else we got. And Carrie Brown, he said, I did. I, uh, he had exploding hard cider in the crawl space. That was fun to clean up. Mm. I had a, a carboy one time. And this is all, you know what? That Homebrew is one of the best things to talk about sucking, right? Because <laughs> first couple of batches of beer, we drank it, but it was skunky. It even had mm. like bloody stuff in it, right? But oh, geez. I had a few times where the carboy just completely exploded and come right out under the closet door. And you're like, hmm, mm -hmm. I did something either really right or really <laughs> wrong. So. I did make mead one year and it turned out really, really good. And I was like, oh, you know how you said you get cocky sometimes? I was like, yeah, I know how to make mead. I'm going to make it again. And then the next year it was horrible. It's horrible. Didn't, what was it you guys grew your very first year there that worked out great and then never grew again? Was it you that said that? Here at the farm? Yeah. Mm. Or did I remember you? Maybe I got you mixed up. I, I was sure. Was it potatoes or tomatoes or what? Is there something you can't grow or am I misremembering i haven't been able to grow cucumbers since we moved here but i don't maybe that don't was know. you know what maybe it was another podcaster i don't know i listened to too many podcasts <laughs> so um any other thoughts on sucking or anything like that uh see tom in the comments he says sweet corn it was me sweet corn. Ah, the first see, year I we grew yeah. you know my brain isn't that foggy it's been yeah. so long since we grew it i forgot i probably said it in a podcast you're right yeah. yeah sweet corn oh my gosh the first year was amazing we had so much sweet corn we didn't even know what to do with it yeah have not been able to grow it since then so there is a, a fickle mistress it is a apparently yeah, yeah. And well, I don't even, I guess you can grow it up here, but we have about a 14 day growing season in Alberta. So, Oh, here, you know what guys, uh, this is a good story. So I decided that I wanted to make wicking beds uh, a few years ago. Um, and for anybody who doesn't know what a wicking bed is, it's basically a garden bed with a pipe in there, four inch pipe, and it runs around and the water comes up through. But I also wanted to make sure that it was, um, above ground. I wanted, you know, I wanted to be able to work at it without bending over. Right. So my idea was to make like bins, you know, like bins you'd see at like a Goodwill or something, you know, they're, yeah. So it was going to be about that height so you could work in it. Right. But, uh, you have to put gravel in the bottom of these bins. So it was about a two foot high <laughs> gravel and then dirt. Right. So I thought I had it. And, and this is a, this is coming from a handyman, right? So if you guys want to know what it's like to suck, I will explain the story to you. So I backed my truck up to these boxes and I started throwing gravel in there and it got in and it was, it, I mean, anyway, I, I, the one was good, but for whatever reason, I must not have reinforced the other one quite as well as I thought I had. So I got all the gravel in and then I backed up with the uh, soil, you know, the topsoil, because you got to put gravel, then topsoil, right? And just as I threw in the last shovel full of soil, I hear crash. And Becky's there and she's watching me and the entire bottom of the entire box went out. Oh man. And you know what? If it was just soil or if it was just gravel, it would have been, I mean, it still sucked. And I was right. 
I was kind of mad, you know, and it was literally my own fault because I corners and I sucked at this, right? <laughs> just remember, guys, all of us really suck. But of course, it was a soil and gravel mix, which I then had to separate so that I could put it back into the new box that I made. So now I put it all back together about a week later, put it all back in, and I had the best harvest I've ever had out of a small little box like that. But, you know, if I'd have left it at the gravel sitting on the ground because I was so mad, <laughs> I wouldn't have had a great harvest out of the boxes, right? So, yeah, mm -hmm. it was good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you know what? I that's probably as good a spot as any to finish her up right there, you know. But so where can people find you, Amy? And we'll have you back on because this was a great conversation. <laughs> that oh. would be fun. We could talk forever. Oh yeah. Uh you can find me at a farmishkindoflife.com. That is basically where I base out of. I have a podcast uh twice a week now because one day of the week is an interview now, so that's super fun. Uh, what else? I have a snail mail newsletter that is coming out. Uh, it's starting up in March, so I'm sure the link is somewhere to find that. Um, so I'm super excited about that. Other than that, I'm not sure. So what the hell possessed you? I, I know I'm going on <laughs> tangent here to start a paper newsletter in what is it, 2022? Just curious. Uh, Actually, uh, if Letty is still in the comments, uh, it was her husband's fault. He was the one who actually suggested it. We were in a conversation. He said, we were talking about uh, communication and social media and how things get dramatic and how do you, how do you connect with people? And he said, well, what about people, you know, whatever happened to old, like old fashioned, we're just getting in the mail, you know, like old newsletters. And my brain started spinning from that. And um, yeah, it's just... People, I think, are with all the technology and all the social media and all the drama, I think people are just craving that thing to hold on to and that that paper, sit down with the paper and not have all the notifications and the blinky lights and all the you, you getting in the way of trying to get the information in. And um, I think there's there's also something kind of cool about it. it. It feels a little bit revolutionary, a little bit like. Um, as I've said, uh, unless the postal system is going to open our mail and see what we're sending, um, it's, it's not like posting something on Facebook and having to worry that it's going to get removed. You know, like you, you can say what you want and, and make your thing and it's out there and people I can decide it. if they want to read it. I think so. it's the same reason I collect vinyl records, you know, there's something. Ooh, yeah, so right. One more thing about sucking. I just realized yeah. that Loretta is Letty. So yes, uh, in the comments, I was I wondering know. if maybe I should point that out. I'm like, oh my Letty. god, I've been calling her. I'm pretty sure I've referred to you, Letty. So I appreciate. I, I apologize. <laughs> I clued into that. So uh, anyway, so if somebody wants to sign up for your papers, how do they do that? Uh, you can go to a farmishkindoflife.com, and in the menu, uh, it'll say the Farmish Papers, and that's where you sign up. Awesome. Well, yeah. thanks, Amy. This was great. It was super fun. Yeah, do you, if you want to hang on for just a second, you can. I can do that. And right. I will just do the close up here. So Sounds good. Thanks, Amy. Yeah, thank you. All right, guys. Well, that was fun. It's like chatting with an old friend. That was, uh, we had a lot of fun there. And I hope you guys learned something from it. Um, if you, you want to share your stories, you can post it in the comments wherever this video is or the podcast is. Uh, I would love to hear your stories about... Uh, how sucking became success for you that would be uh, that would blow my mind i would love to hear it so guys i say it all the time but the fact that you guys are willing to come in here and hang out in the workshop for an hour or an hour and a half 
a couple of times a week blows me away. I'm honored for it because you can spend your time anywhere. So I appreciate it. And if you want to know where you can find, well, number one, if you want to find Amy next, Tuesday night, six o'clock mountain time is the Fireside Freedom. This week, they're going to be talking about homeschooling and I get the night off. So that's kind of cool. And uh, let me see, Thursday night, I have repairedness coming up. This week, it's going to be all about small engine maintenance. I'm rather excited. And then next Sunday evening will be Carrie Brown. He is coming on from Strong Roots Resources. I always stumble over that name. And he is going to come on and talk about how he left the rat race behind and how he builds something wonderful for himself. So guys, anyway, as I said, I always appreciate you dropping by the workshop. Stay happy, stay healthy, and have a great week.